0: Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Reeks with our guest, Joanna Mazurjian. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you for being here.
1: <laughs> I'm excited.
0: Joanna is the owner-proprietor of Upstate Rug Supply, which sells high-quality antique rugs, Turkish, Persian, Caucasian, Navajo, and tribal, including Turkoman and Kilim rugs. And as someone who knows little to nothing about rugs, I'm excited to learn everything.
1: So, Oh, yay. (laughs) Don't get me started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We would love to get you started.
1: (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm here. The
0: entire purpose of this podcast is to get you started, so... So Joanna, what inspired you to begin curating and restoring and reselling vintage and antique rugs?
1: You know, I had a I was inclined towards design, even in high school and college in between classes, I studied public policy. And in between classes, I was reading design books and going to antique markets. And I also loved art history and learning about kind of Art associated with cultural tradition, and so kind of even as I started a career, a totally separate career, I was always collecting on my own, and I had a love for antique rugs and kind of the cultural tradition associated with them. And as I kind of kept buying and started buying privately for friends, I just sort of realized I had an eye for it, and got to know a couple dealers and. They encouraged me that, you know, I could kind of step out and do it on my own. And so it was sort of how I started. I started out of my dining room, very small. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just had a small collection (laughs) and launched a website initially and sold kind of locally. And it grew from there. But it's been a kind of a fast it's been about five and a half years now um, that I've been in business. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, fast forward, and now now I have a shop on Warren Street in Hudson, New York. So we're in the Hudson Valley. So it's very different now having, it's great having a brick and mortar now being able to just kind of greet the people that come in to have the face to face interaction and to show really to be able to touch and feel and show the collection. And
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, it grew from, you know, a capsule collection of probably I think I had about 10 rugs when I launched my site to now, you know, well, you know, over 100, maybe up to 200 rugs in the shop. Wow. So that's extremely cool. Yeah, It's been fun. That's incredible. It was funny. Like I kind of grew from the website to needing like a footprint. I opened up at a large antique warehouse in Hudson and then a space opened up with two other women antique dealers on Warren street. So I share a shop with two other women dealers and they do furniture, and I'm the rug portion of the shop. Oh, what delightful synchronicity! Well, oh, that's a very harmonious
2: uh, mix. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun because then we can kind of support one another, and then we sort of co-op running the shop so that we don't all have to be there all the time. And we all have areas where we specialize in antiques, and so we can, you know, recommend each other. And it's a great, great connection, and just support group almost yeah (laughs) for each other but we opened the joke was that we opened the weekend everything shut down during the pandemic it was March 15th Oh. oh lord oh no we opened that Saturday and closed Sunday and then didn't really get to open until June so um that was sort of one of those crazy like things you can't anticipate. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we opened and then it was awesome to be open. So been learning a lot about having a shop and it's been fun. Yeah. Well, you definitely
0: uh, survived the fire, as it were, really went through it and came out stronger. (laughs) Yeah, big time. You're still here and that's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it felt scary, but it's really, you know, you have those customers and local people that are really committed to buying local and designers who were, you know, committed to recommending you to clients and so people really like were so supportive of mm-hmm. us and recommending us and getting the name out and that's word of mouth is is uh, invaluable. So,
0: yeah. That is one of my favorite parts about being in antiques. It's just the very strong sense of community throughout
1: oh it is it's one of those and if you do shows or like I you know I sold at Round Top in October for the first time and oh, wow the dealers around you know I don't know if you've ever been to Roundtop Top in Texas no haven't had the chance yet you gotta go I mean it's such a fun very different than Brimfield um, but it was a <laughs> it was a fun show and you know you kind of create a little family with all of the all of the other dealers. So yeah. we had a good time.
2: Yeah, I've heard about Round Top. I would love to check it out someday.
1: <laughs> yeah, I called it Brimfield 2.0. You know, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> it's true.
2: Oh man, I can only imagine. Oh Lord. Someday I'm gonna check
1: that out. Yeah, you should. I'm not gonna be there in the spring show. My partner is going, but I'll be back in the fall. But yeah, there's great, great buying, great hunting. Now Joanna, do you have a favorite rug that's passed through your shop? Oh, you know, I've had a few that still kind of stick with me ones I've wanted to keep (laughs) (laughs) and sold. You know, the the fun thing about antique rugs is that they're all one of a kind, you know, they're handmade. And so there are certain ones that stick with me. There's a certain type of rug that my eye gravitates towards. It's a type of Persian rug called Malaya's. And they have just this really low pile and you can find them with these really deep navies and this really vibrant tomato, like red, orange color and bright ivory. And it's really just saturated color, which I love. So I mean, actually, it was pretty early on in my business. I had like a four by six with this. It's called a Boda pattern, but it's a paisley. It's a symbol of fertility. And it was a rug that I just I still think about like I remember having it and selling it. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun to have a few like that that you just you remember.
2: <laughs> yeah. You kind of make you kind of imprint on them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my policy was always to live with it for a little while, so I won't regret it so much when I sell it.
1: Yeah. What so What do you sell?
2: Books. I kind of started out as a, a jack of all trades. Like, I would say 90% of dealers just grabbing what it can. Yeah. Um, but it turns out, like kind of like you were describing, I, I have a knack for books. That's great. And I love them so much, but like I finally got to the point where I, I kind of love sending them off more than I love keeping them, which is great for my space. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I mean, we can only have so much of what we sell, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's that when you, you know, it's fun to be able to, I encounter so many rugs, just like you encounter books, but the art to me is saying no and knowing when to say yes. And for me, it's what I love is the curation of it. And I was telling a designer that came in the shop the other day, you know, what I have to offer is really through the lens of like what I love, what's catching my eye. And so, you know, it's it's rugs that that I'm picking, selecting. There are a lot that I say no to because the ones I pick I, I see special for one reason or another. So that's the fun of it. The curating.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of personality that goes into it. Honestly, like you get to know a lot about a person by what they curate.
1: yeah. Yeah, the books you say no to and the ones you think that are worth, you know, passing on to your customers.
2: <laughs> so I am curious about one thing. So in my time in the antiques industry, for me, people who dealt in rugs were kind of like a mystery. <laughs> It's always been like a very like saturated area that is very difficult for a lot of people who don't have the experience to kind of tell the new from the old and the mass produced from the handmade and like what is valuable versus what could probably stand to be tossed aside. How do you kind of work around that? Like what what skill did you develop kind of to try to get ahead of so much availability to really pick out the good stuff?
1: it came down to some instinct. But I i mean, at the beginning, I was reading books, right? I am inclined to like read about things and to try to educate and learn. But really, the education came with every rug like and I still feel like there's so much to learn about rugs. I am I'm still learning with each one I encounter. So I mean, in terms of being able to identify a good rug, a dealer will look at the back of the rug. That's shows us the type of weave that it is. And also, if you can't tell the difference between a handmade rug and a mass-produced, you want to look on the back. You should see the warp and the weft. It's a hand, you know, you should see where it was on the loom and hand-woven. You know, if there's a solid back or, you know, you should be able to tell from the back. Okay. If it's handmade. Antique rugs have a much softer dye. There's more variation. We call it a brash in the wool. So you see some depth and variation in in each color. So the appearance of color, like vintage rugs, which are, you know, I don't buy anything typically. I start at the 1920s and older is kind of what I focus on. Okay. Vintage rugs, there's that really harsh red. They use kind of these pinks. It's synthetic dyes, and so as you start to compare vintage and antique rugs, you'll see in the colors and the way the dyes present the difference. Oh
2: man the minute you said that i had an image of that horrible red <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's just it's in every you know bad vintage rug <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep
1: and those are still handmade it's just a difference in quality you know antique rugs were made you know for use they weren't made for western preferences or for other cultures really they they were made for themselves and for for collecting and so you know they didn't compromise on quality so there's just a difference, you know, and the way that the antique dyes, they just soften over time where a vintage rug really fades out and just washes out. So, you know, as you spend time around rugs, those differences really start to matter. It
0: sounds like it's definitely more of a passionate art form within the antique sphere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've totally niched myself <laughs> for better or worse, <laughs> you know, in terms of antiques. Um But I love it because there's just still so much variation, so much I'm still learning, you know, in rugs. And Navajos is something that I recently, I launched last year on my website and people have loved that. I love Navajo rugs and the tradition behind them and the history of them within the U.S. and, you know, how they were used for trade. And you can just still find some really special pieces. So I still have a lot to learn, but I'm I'm having fun with it. That's really cool. Yeah. So say
0: someone finds an antique rug either at a yard sale or in their attic or someplace where it's not necessarily safe for an antique rug to be. What should they not do with it if they want it to survive?
1: <laughs> well, don't throw it out. <laughs> okay. Step one. I mean, I've had people tell me it was dirty, I threw it away. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Lord. And that's just traumatic. <laughs> One lady told me, oh, it was this massive rug and I just put it by the side of the road, you know, <gasps> Ouch. you know, and if things are damaged, even if you think it's beyond repair, like find a local dealer, find someone who knows about rugs that can tell you what it is. I would start with that. And then if you don't want it, you can sell it or there's always ways to fix them. They can either just wash it, but then they can secure it and repair it and preserve it. That's what I love, giving something that's old like that new life. Or you can go as far as totally preserving a rug. But if you want to keep it, definitely clean it. If you're not going to use it immediately, when you store a rug with dirt and oils, that's what attracts moths. Oh, And so to avoid moths, you really want to store things cleaned. You can roll it up and wrap it in craft paper to help absorb, like, moisture. And um, that will help kind of mitigate some moth infestation. I had no Ooh. idea that was what drew moths to it. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I've been fighting
2: them for years and I never knew that.
1: If you have a sofa, you know, all the way on your rug or a bed, for instance, and there are these large areas that are dark and not, like, it's a kind of a hidden area, that will also you know you want to rotate your rug periodically vacuum it to kind of help keep movement on the rug so that moths aren't and they'll go under the rug you know they go underneath and eat from behind oh so you can peel back and they'll have the larva will be on the back of the rug they look like little white fuzzies almost <laughs> the larva
2: yeah oh my
0: goodness
2: they look surprisingly organic those little sons of guns
1: <laughs> they do <laughs> well, they're organic <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) True. This is like science. (laughs) So you can vacuum. I tell people to vacuum the back of your rug when you want to do like spring cleaning and heavy dusting, vacuum the front and the back of your rug. All right. And that dusts and helps detract moth. So vacuuming, like, don't use a huge heavy beater bar brush. Don't vacuum up the fringe of the rug. I use the wood floor setting. Oh, okay. On mine, so it's kind of a like it's not just beating up, especially on the thinner like re- if it's a really old like 19th century rug with wear, like a Caucasian, and it's really thin and floppy. You know those. It's going to have more fragility than a heavy cotton foundation Persian rug that has a ton of wool pile left to it, you know? So depending on kind of the feel of the rug, just, I say, use care when vacuuming.
2: It's great.
1: Yeah. Don't leave pet soil in your rug if your dog is, like, if you're potty training a puppy (laughs) and they've soiled the rug a lot, like, that will eventually discolor the rug. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Maybe just... Roll the rug up for a month or two while you're getting that other system. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah just... I mean here I'm a rug dealer, but like I've actually had to learn that oh, no. <laughs> I've been like, I don't know what it is about pets. they think it's their like pad. Oh no. So I spot clean with diluted white vinegar in a rag. And then in warmer months, like my husband's from Beirut, but my mother-in-law used to like take the, her rugs up onto the top of the building. In the Northeast, we are not in the Middle East. So I take them out in warmer months and I wash my own rugs out on my driveway with a hose and then let them dry in the sun. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's some like personal care that you can do due to the rugs. If they're big and heavy or if it's they get really soiled, I recommend going through a rug cleaner to get them washed that just helps prolong the life of your rug i have learned so much in so few minutes i know <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm telling Yeah.
2: <laughs> my whole life uh vacuuming antique rugs was like verboten and it at no point occurred to me that like the setting matters <laughs> well you know well
1: i just yeah like do you know what type of rugs you have or
2: i'm not even sure uh we just kind of pick them up based on look and yeah sort of I'd sort of kind of leave it at that.
1: Well, if you ever want to know what they are, send me pictures of them and I'll tell you what you have. Absolutely. I'm going to do that immediately. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's fun to kind of know. Don't get me wrong. I vacuum my rugs. I have one of those pull around. If you ever need a vacuum recommendation, I have the Neely handheld. It's not the upright vacuum, Oh, but it's like the hose that rolls around. It's great. I've had it for nine years. All right, I'm going to look
2: into that.
0: (laughs) That sounds very
1: versatile. I vacuum my upholstered furniture, my curtains, my rugs, my wood floors, my woodwork. Like you can dust your baseboards. It vacuums everything. It's great. Oh my goodness. This is now becoming an ad. (laughs) Uh, I mean, hey, uh, you share what works, right? Yeah, right?
0: One of the things I loved about your website was not only the beautiful array of rugs for sale, but also the repurposed rugs. Yeah. Which I thought was a very creative way to like, recycle and reuse. So what inspired you to start doing that? And also, what about a rug determines when it can't really be a rug anymore, and would be better served as a pillow or some other work of art in the home?
1: (laughs) I mean, I take things kind of past their point of really being worth fixing, like if there are large multiple holes that either would require extensive reweaving. I will sometimes if a rug is unique enough, I will patch a rug. And that basically is a plug, they'll take an antique remnant from another rug and sew it in to plug a hole on a rug. And I have a person, I don't do that. I send my rugs. All of my rugs are washed and then preserved in some sort, typically. If it's just like preserving the ends or the sides. And so I will always address holes in a rug. So if a rug is kind of past the point where it's really worth repairing like that, then I will take the good pieces and make, yeah, we, we have pillows on the site. I have an upholsterer that makes them and we do long 36 inch kind of down-filled pillows that are really, really nice. And so they're all, I kind of pick each cut. So we, we use antique rugs for those and they're typically like Caucasian or tribal rugs, baluch rugs that are, have a floppier hand feel. Not such a heavyweight rug. And we've done a few Ottomans. Oh. Those have done very well. People have loved them. So this year, I'm hoping to have more of an offering of furniture pieces upholstered in antique rugs. That sounds
0: delightful.
2: Yeah, that is such a cool way to keep a rug living on past its ability to be a rug.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I've had an upholsterer say to me, like, I wish you gave me a rug without holes. And I was like, well, if it didn't have holes, I wouldn't be using it. <laughs> like, I thought, I, my commitment is to the rug. And so... <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like I the reason it's being used for this is because there are so many holes. <laughs> so, I'm kind of careful. That's why I I do them in small batches. Um, you know, I'm picky about what I use. But it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun way to do it. People I've seen people use antique chairs or done, you know, the Ottomans and benches. And we've done Ottomans to this point and people have have loved them. So
2: that is really cool.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun to try to experiment some with that this year and see where it takes us. I'm
0: excited to see. I just can't stop staring at pillow number 16. Just that beautiful like floral pattern. I love how just like it aligns with the corner.
2: Yeah, that one is my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although number 14 is a good is a good runner-up for me.
1: I love to incorporate some of the border, if I can, of the rug on a pillow to just show you, like, it really shows you kind of the character of the rug to see some of the border and that center field. It makes for an interesting story. It really does.
2: See, because I would actually known a woman who couldn't let go of anything. Her response was actually she just framed pieces of carpet. Yeah. You know, if it awesome. was beautiful but otherwise trashed, she would find a section. And cut it into a frame friendly size and say, "All right, well, part of this is still here, and it made really
1: nice wall art that's pretty mm-hmm. yeah i've I've seen them done where people will like float it, like float it in the frame, so you can even see the oh. like wonky ends and the fringe, and you know it's very cool. I have not done that yet, but I appreciate it it's It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things you can do really with rugs I mean. There are a couple people that have emerged into doing like fashion with rugs where they're making like bomber jackets and. Oh, what? Luggage, like a collaboration with Birkenstocks doing like mules with antique carpets wow yeah (laughs) let me tell you rugs have a following (laughs) all right there's a whole world i didn't even know existed (laughs) yeah (laughs) stick with me
0: all right hell yeah (laughs) great i am on board i am strapped onto this flying carpet let's go (laughs) yeah man
1: (laughs) the amount of people that have asked me if i found a flying carpet that have come into my shop i'm like it's one of those like if i had a dollar for every
2: Time <laughs> the rug shop version of like, well, there's no price, so it's free. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah, yeah. I've heard it
1: before, but th- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll have to come and visit sometime being, you know, we're in a neighboring states. If you ever make your way to the Hudson Valley, come and visit the shop.
2: I would absolutely love to. We drove through the Hudson Valley once, uh, stopped a couple of times at some antique stores, as it were. And it is a gorgeous area out there. It is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as being in the Northeast, it's so fun to be able to, like hunt and find things from estates and other collectors. And it's a great area to be to be able to like source your own product. Oh, yeah, I don't import a lot of dealers will just import from overseas. And there's something about being able to collect one by one. Yeah, and touch and feel and discover and, you know, and repair that is kind of part of my process that I I love. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I
0: agree. I would never outsource it to any you gotta touch it it's really the personal touch of curation that makes the difference yeah exactly
2: and uh, i'm definitely i, I want to save up because I, i'm rug number 429 like lives in my head rent free <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like the background of my my computer my desktop right now oh man it is a beautiful rug and i am going to save up and buy it someday if someone else doesn't first all right I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know my own rug numbers. <laughs> oh, I that, you, got, you have so many. It's a... Uh... I'm
1: going to have to like go look <laughs> and see what it is.
2: It's uh, the Art Deco Paking. Oh, yeah. Floral with the baskets at the
1: corners. Yes. Mm. And I love that those are like a deep gray color. I think that's so interesting.
2: The colors are like unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. And the pile is so thick.
1: Yeah, it's got a really <laughs> like rich kind of bright cobalt blue. I love that. I love Chinese rugs. They're in demand more in the on the West Coast, but I always love to have a few in the shop that, you know, have caught my eye. And the pile on those are so thick and dense and soft and they're great. Oh, yeah.
2: You can just tell from the picture that like, that's a nice rug to touch. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it is.
2: <laughs> so with rugs being such a cultural art form, Are the cultures that are attached to them something you were already interested in? Or have you been kind of learning about them alongside the rugs?
1: Oh, I I would say I'm learning as I go, you know, and learning which rugs are, you know, some of them, like Baluch tribal rugs are woven by women, and they're woven by memory, and they're passed on to the next generation. And so there's this like inherited, these designs and tradition that they're passing on from one generation to the next, you know. And they're just weaving these by memory. That
0: is so
2: cool. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Things like that and knowing what types of rugs those are or the rugs that are woven in really like sophisticated weaving regions. So rugs are named after the region that that they come from. So for instance and if you talk to a collector a lot of them will tell you they love Persian Tabriz rugs. Tabriz is a larger city in Iran and you know they're very finely woven and they have these very detailed designs and it's a sophisticated rug and it's a sophisticated weaving region. So those are woven less on memory. There's so much more detail to the to the designs, you know. But you'll see artistic in all rugs, like kind of artistic flair will the, where they'll put in an animal or a interesting little small motif or pick a different... There will be like small little accents of color that's kind of unexpected. And so you can see the artistry in them. I still feel like I'm learning so much and some of the kind of political atmosphere when during the time period that these were made and... It's fun. It's kind of a deep dive into into history. But I mean, that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I love
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So my husband is Armenian, which I'm not, but everyone assumes that I got into rugs because Armenians have a rich tradition with rug weaving. It's right there, east of Turkey, rugs from Karabakh and Armenia. They're beautiful, beautiful rugs. But he immigrated to the US from Beirut. And his parents, they had a few rugs, but they're not like avid collectors. Um, his mom did some kilim like weaving and repairs when they were in Beirut, oh. but they've been supportive of the business which has been fun. But people have assumed that I'm Armenian because of the name and because it's the business. Like that's why I'm in it. (laughs) So it's been funny. But some people have said it's given me street cred. So I'll take it. (laughs) All right. Well, you know,
2: (laughs) if that's what it takes to get them to listen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Listen, it's a largely male dominant industry. So it's been a a funny ride coming in and you know, I'm five feet and from the south, <laughs> so you know I've had to hold my own.
2: <laughs> That's such a straight. Because as far as I understand it, most cultures have their own form of rug weaving, right? Like, so you could say that about literally anyone. Like, well, did you get into this because of the rug weaving? Like, no, <laughs> I just like them.
1: Yeah, I love it. So, and even the materials that were used in the rugs differed based on where where they came from. You know, India has a Really rich weaving tradition and Turkey and kind of all over. So, and then you can get into Chinese rugs, and you know, there's so many, so many types. When you say different materials
0: from different places, do you mean like different kinds of animal wools or?
1: Yeah, I mean, they would use like camel hair, but sheep's wool typically is what we're referring to. But like Persian rugs are on a cotton foundation. Oh. And Caucasian rugs. Baluch rugs like Baluchistan and those tribes that were kind of in that region, those rugs are on a wool foundation. So if you have like rugs that you own, if you look and you see a wool fringe and it's thin and floppy, you know, that kind of helps eliminate like it's probably not Persian unless it's very, very old. That's what I mean. And then, you know, and a dealer will look at the type of weave. And also that helps identify what type of rug it is, the way that it's woven, what type of knot it is. So even just the way that the rug is put together is an indicator of where it comes from. So it gets technical. <laughs>
0: wow, that is really cool. That there's all these like little clues woven into the piece itself.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that it's fun. I mean, when I, I some of it was like guesswork, you know, when I first started, it was like I was buying what I liked. But you know, you really want to be an authority and know and so I've really learned. I'm not joking when I say with every rug of like learning to decode and I'll see a rug and it reminds me of another rug that I've had and you know, you can make clues and and see kind of where it's where it's from kurdish rugs have these blues and oranges in them the the way that vegetable dyes of kurdish rugs like the way that the dyes age is so beautiful i love them
0: yeah Just a very cool little like textile forensics mystery with every single
1: rug. Yeah, and that's it keeps me it keeps me busy and interested and challenged, you know, and sometimes sometimes I just don't know I I can't get the answer. (laughs) And so you know, I have some great sources and people that have kind of helped me along the way where it's I've you know, I need to get some feedback on what something is, they'll, they'll help me. Nice. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm still, I'm still turning over in my head the, yeah, these are woven from memory. And I'm just like, That's (laughs) really something.
1: Yeah. That is incredible. Isn't that? Just like generational textile art form. I think it's pretty special. I mean, and it shows you, you know, families participated, you know, and I think that's so cool. They're, there's a certain type of rug. Um, Collectors love them. They're called NC rugs. They're, it's a Turcoman type of rug. And if you look at it, you will see a cross in the middle and it has these four quadrants. They come in colors of like pinks and raspberries and weed and plum, sometimes some like earth tones. I don't have one for sale on the site right now. I've had them in the past and they come in like, they feel almost square size, like a three foot by four foot rug, but they were used as door coverings and it was an intentional cross on the rug. And so there's just this symbolism and the way rugs were used and, you know, their purpose that's, that's so meaningful. Yeah. That's really cool. I don't know if this is like a
2: super beginner question, but this is actually from your website. There's a mats and bag face. What is that referring to?
1: <laughs> I've been asked that before. So mats, yeah. <laughs> bag faces. So they're um, bag, actual bags that were um, used on camels or on animals. Oh, they're camel bags that they would ride on and store things. in. so it was like a pocket. So they would have usually like a woven carpet face And then the back of it would be like a flat weave and there would be two pockets. Like, you know, it would go almost the shape. It's like the, like a saddle bag. Oh. Um, So it would drape over and there would be pockets on both sides. Well, the carpet faces of the bags are collectible. And so I've had a couple full on bags in the past, but I will just sell. I like to have an offering of the bag faces and people love them they're quite collectible. Oh Wow, that is a really cool piece of history. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People are like, well, where would you put these? I mean, they're pretty to drape over a chair or on a tabletop. But you can also use them in really itty bitty spaces. Like I have one in a very tiny bathroom in my house. (laughs) You know, just to have a little little splash on the floor. Yeah, just a nice little pop of color. Yeah. If you're on the website, number 546 has you can see in the photos at the top where the buttonholes were. It's still attached and you can see Well, I'll be. <laughs> where it was part of a bag. Yeah. So. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, if you're looking for something else to collect. <laughs> Perpetually. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, there are people that are full on, you know, bag face collectors. So,
0: get into that.
1: Knowledge is power. <laughs> oh god, yeah, man. I just I want to
2: go shopping for rugs now. Wow. <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
1: Encourage this behavior. Yes. I'm working on getting more things loaded to the site so I have more in the shop than what's available online. Um, but I'm doing kind of a push to get more online for, you know, for the online shopper. So, and it's fun, even local people love to be able to kind of see what's new, what I have, and so you know have a reason to come in the store so you'll be seeing more and more loaded on the site over the next month or two. So keep checking back upstaterugs.com exactly upstaterugs.com
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. so I think it you uh, sorry no was no go again? ahead I, I was distracted by a rug. you go ahead, you have a question <laughs> <laughs>
2: So it's my understanding that you work uh, really closely with like interior designers and stuff.
1: I do. Yep. I so I will have designers who will just want to take rugs on approval, where they'll want to try things out in the space of their clients to see how they feel help their clients kind of narrow down. Some designers start with the rug where then that the rug sets the color palette for the whole room. So they'll start by letting their client kind of select a rug that speaks to them. And then they'll go from there. And then some will add in the rugs at the end that kind of bring things together and add texture and warmth. And so I let designers take rugs on approval to try for clients. And I've done some large like hotel and commercial projects. Most recently, I did the New York Islanders, the hockey team. They just opened their new, the new UBS arena in New York And um, I did their, like, team store where all their, like, swag is sold. Oh, Oh, wow. They wanted to style the whole space with rugs. Oh, cool. Yeah. So different things like that where then I can, you know, help create, like, I call it a color story, but basically taking a color palette of, let's say, navy, rust, and orange, and then I put together multiple rugs in varying patterns and scale and maybe it'll be those colors in a darker, darker version, and then some. It'll be in softer iterations of that palette. But they will then all complement and play off of each other. If it's a, just a person for their home, you know, some people want to put rugs in multiple rooms, but they want them to complement. Or then designers will do that on their own, so they're just wanting suggestions of rugs I have available. You know, or I'll source things for designers for for projects sometimes they're looking for something very specific.
2: Yeah. <laughs> sometimes impossibly specific in my in my experience. Yeah.
1: I, you know, I'm happy to be like I this is very hard to find. When's your deadline? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How long you got? Yeah. But designers are great to work with. I've loved it. And they've been so supportive of me, you know, in that they will recommend me to their clients. And then, you know, usually they know the realities of antiques and one of a kind. And so usually the designers that I work with, that's why they're there, because they appreciate that. So there's an understanding that, you know, you can't send me a a rug you saw on Pinterest and I can recreate it, you know? Yeah, no, that's not (laughs) happening. Right. It's so, but characters of a rug or colors or, you know, types of patterns that you're drawn to. I love to to see that if I'm helping someone find a rug.
2: Yeah, because I saw that you had supplied the rugs for Kenmore Hall, which is, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. Also, how I found
2: out they'd renovated Kenmore Hall. So that's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Those guys are awesome. They got a few rugs for a few rooms. They've done so well. I mean, I'm dying. I haven't been out yet, but the new gardens and Ooh. I'm dying to get out there. It looks beautiful. We did um tourist hotel out in Massachusetts. Have you been there?
2: Oh, yeah. I have never been, unfortunately. I actually don't think I've been out to that part of Massachusetts.
1: Okay. What part of Massachusetts are you in? I'm in Southeast. Okay. We're adjacent
0: to Cape Cod.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah,
2: yeah, right, right, right on the cusp of Cape Cod, without actually being on the. Oh, okay, wait, I have been out here. It's Mount Greylock.
0: I was gonna say, i I'm pretty sure I was with you. I, <laughs> we de- we've definitely been to the
2: Berkshires together. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the words people use to describe the region, like the Berkshires, sounds so like, wow, that's so fancy. I don't think I've ever been there. No, you <laughs> have. Like, no, Mount Greylock is one of the Berkshires, and I'm like, oh, okay.
1: oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> Yeah, I love the Clark. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so you've definitely been. You've actually been like right there.
0: (laughs) We've been to the print room at the Clark. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We do. Um, we'll do day trips to the Clark, and then we go all the way out to uh, MoMA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, not MoMA. Mass Mocha. Wrong state. Mass Mocha. Yeah, Mass Mocha. Mass Mocha was like one of the first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was like one of the first dates that my husband took me on
0: and uh Uh so
1: we have like it's totally nostalgic but we love to take our kids there but the tourist hotel is right there in great barrington so
0: yeah i gotta check that out because i'm looking at pictures
1: not great barrington bennington no
0: nope that's vermont oh my goodness where's my brain today not massachusetts apparently
1: wait what town is that blackington no it oh my goodness Oh gosh, guys!
0: <laughs> My sister went to school there. How am I blanking this hard? <laughs> it's North Adams, right? Yes.
2: Okay.
1: All right. I did a quick Google for you guys. It's North okay. Adams. Thank you. Let's clear this up right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great area. There's a lot, the Clark and, and Mass Mocha. It's a fun weekend or day day trip. Oh, yeah. And even
0: just like all the little galleries in town. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful stuff. For sure. And they have
2: some interesting rooms at the SID. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is, uh, like all wood. It's got like a play lounge, like little like playhouse attached to the like, room. Oh. It's really cute. It's a uh, really unique design. And I'm seeing some very nice rugs.
0: <laughs> I wonder where those came from. Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, before we let you go, I do want to highlight rug number 636 from Upstaterugs.com, which is the antique Turkish balouche I've been staring at for uh, 10 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> The one with the deep navy rust and cornflower blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's so striking with like the occasional pops of ivory, I want to say. Would that be the color? Yeah. Just occasional pops of white. They're just so striking and really just highlight the beautiful beauty of the design. I just cannot stop staring at this rug.
1: <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> I think you've made I think you've converted us totally into rug people. Hey, I listen.
1: Mean, yeah, we've done it. <laughs> they say what you buy your first rug and then you know, you can't stop. <laughs> can't stop won't stop. It's a fun. It's a fun thing. It's like I mean, as you guys know, with antiques, it's like with art or any of those things. The fun is that it's one of a kind. So yeah, if you have places for them, it's just it's a fun it's a fun thing to collect and sell. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A fun
0: thing to curate and briefly hold on to before you give it to someone else. Yeah. A pre-
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. I do an exchange. But that's the fun is being able to then pass it on and like have a love for it and impart that to, you know, I have customers, they're buying their first rug. They've never thought about buying a rug and then they come into the shop and discover Or people who have been collectors for years. So it's fun to work kind of on both ends and, you know, share the love. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Joanna, it's been awesome talking to you. We have learned so much today. So
2: much. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. It's been a
2: blast. I I feel so invigorated. I'm going to look at every rug I see.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's that is how eyes work. You will yeah. in fact look at everybody you see.
1: <laughs> but um <laughs> It's been so much fun. Thanks for having me and all the laughs. I needed it. <laughs> it's been great. Awesome.
0: If you would like to suggest episode topics or just say hello, you can email us directly at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group Antiques Freaks Friends, or you can tag us on Tumblr at antiquesfreaks@tumblr.com. If you would like to listen to deleted scenes, or listen to our special bonus episode presentation of the Victorian Penny Dreadful Varian the Vampire, you can hit up our Patreon at patreon.com antiques antiquesfreaks. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love, and thank you in particular for listening. Au revoir!